Section 24 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 24. Thursday, January 2, 1777. My soul has had to wrestle with principalities and powers, but by the grace of God, in obstinately resisting the tempter, I have come off more than conqueror and am now in peace. I was enabled to speak plainly and closely at Mr. G.'s. Lord's Day, 5. After preaching and meeting the society, I think the people were left more in earnest for the salvation of their souls than they were before. On Monday the Lord was the portion and comfort of my soul, and I enjoyed a very agreeable and happy season with the little flock at W.W.'s. Tuesday, 7. The camp fever now rages much, of which several have died. Thursday, 9. I have met with a few faithful happy souls, both yesterday at Susquehanna and today at E.W.'s. My own soul lives constantly as in the presence of God, and enjoys much of his divine favor. His love is better than life. My Jesus to know, and feel his blood flow, tis life everlasting, tis heaven below. Lord's Day 12 There was but little appearance of feeling while I preached in the day from John 1.14, but my soul was much blessed in the evening at W.E.'s, and it was a solemn time amongst the people. Monday, 13. We have constant rumors about the disagreeable war which is now spreading through the country, but all these things I still commit to God. Matters of greater perpetuity call for the exertion of my mental powers. My soul is in a tranquil frame, but thirsting for more of God. After preaching at S.L.'s, I met the Society, which seemed but slow in their spiritual progress. Both the audience and myself were much more engaged the next day at I.P.'s. Thursday, 16. A certain person passed great encomiums, and sounded my praise as a preacher to my face. But this is a dangerous practice, for it is easier for a preacher to think too much of his gifts than too little. St. Paul, describing the true Israelite, saith, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Saturday, 18. I have heard much of many attending on the Lord's days to hear T.C., but for my part I see but little fruit. My heart was warmly engaged today at Mr. F.'s, and as some preachers met me in the evening, we held a watch night at H.W.'s. There was a great number of people, and it was a solemn, profitable time. Lord's Day, 19. In preaching at N.P.'s from Zephaniah 1.12, I was particularly led, in the close of the sermon, to address the younger part of the congregation in such a manner as greatly affected the parents who were present. Monday, 20. It is now a time of great and spreading sickness, but in this very time the Lord keeps me in health and safety, for which my heart is drawn out in grateful acknowledgments. There were more people than could have been expected to hear the word at Mrs. P.'s. Tuesday, 21. A messenger from Mr. G.'s met me at the Widow B.'s, 
informing me that Mr. R. A. and Mr. G. S. were there waiting to see me. After preaching I set out, and met my brethren the same night, and found them inclined to leave America and embark for England. But I had before resolved not to depart from the work on any consideration. After some consultation it was thought best that Mr. R. A. should go to Mr. R. N. and request his attendance here. On Thursday Brother S. preached a very argumentative and melting sermon. I intended to have gone forward on my circuit, but was prevented by the rain. FRIDAY 24 My heart has checked me for not being more watchful in company and conversation. But today my soul was greatly drawn out after God. How often do we grieve the Holy Spirit, and deprive ourselves of divine consolations, by not steadily attending to the duties of watching and prayer. Lord, help me to be more attentive and more faithful. Lord's Day 26 After lecturing in Mr. G.'s family, I rode to the forks and preached there. Then through rain and cold and dirt to meet the congregation at Mr. C.'s, and afterward returned to Mr. G.'s and lectured in the evening. And the Lord was with me, to support and comfort me through all the exercises of the day. Monday, 27. My spirit was assaulted by Satan, and felt itself in a heavy frame. But in the Lord I have help. As Brother G. S. is willing to take this circuit for the present, my intention is to move towards Annapolis and its adjacent parts. May divine providence direct my steps. I have had an agreeable conversation with my friend, Mr. O.E. Friday, 31. I was moved to speak in alarming terms at W.L.'s, but am not yet so steadily and spiritually devoted to God as my soul earnestly desires to be. Probably the Lord will be pleased to make me perfect through sufferings, but our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us if faithful to the grace of God. Who suffer with our Master here, we shall before his face appear, and by his side sit down. To patient faith the prize is sure, and all that to the end endure the cross shall wear the crown. Saturday, February 1 My soul is determined to labor more for the spirit of devotion. I found myself at liberty in preaching at the point, on Casting All Your Care Upon Him, For He Careth For You. Lord's Day, too. The audience at the point were cold and unaffected, and at town on Monday evening they were dispersed by the alarm of fire in the time of preaching. Tuesday, 4. After a season of temptations and spiritual exercises, I found my mind disburdened, and a holy, awful nearness to God. On Thursday I set out for Risterstown in order to meet Brother G. S., and calling in at Mr. W.'s, where Brother K. was then speaking. I also spoke a few words, and found my soul refreshed. I met with Brother G. S. the next day, and saw an affecting letter from Mrs. T. of Philadelphia, in which, after she had given some account of the abounding wickedness of that city, she informed us of the declension of a few religious persons, of the fidelity of others, of the camp fever that was then prevailing there, and that many died thereof, sometimes twenty, thirty, 
and even forty in a day. An awful account, indeed. So it seems as if the Lord intends to bring us to our proper reflections and duties by the sword, the pestilence, and famine. Alas, who can stand before the displeasure of the Almighty? How much better would it be for men to please God, and live in love to Him and one another, that they might partake of His blessing instead of His curse? Lord, grant Thy people wisdom and protection in all times of danger. Monday, 10. I went to the quarterly meeting and met with Brother R. A. and Brother R. N. In our love feast several people were happy, but my mind was under a cloud and some severe exercises. However, I earnestly desire an increase of patience and communion with God. O oh, my Lord, scatter every cloud, and cause thy face to shine with beams of divine love upon my soul. Thursday, 13. Mr. R. N. went to Baltimore, and on Friday I felt a desire to be laboring for the salvation of souls. I cannot be idle, but must be occupied till my Lord shall come. O oh, happy day, when the weary shall be at rest! Lord, hasten thy work in me, and then hasten thy coming to judgment, or by death. Saturday, 15. I have been reading some of both Greek and Hebrew, but my soul longeth to feel more deadness to everything but God, and an increase of spiritual light, life, and love. I now parted with dear brother G. S. On the Lord's Day I found freedom and warmth in preaching to a larger congregation than could have been expected at the Widow M.'s. Monday, 17. Rode to Mrs. R.'s, and was grievously troubled with inward temptations. Oh, when shall I rest with my Jesus in eternal glory? Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Tuesday, 18. It was a cold winter's day, but I rode twenty-three miles to Mr. G.'s, and found one had been brought to God since my departure the last time. Several seemed to melt while I was discoursing on the vision of the dry bones. Thursday, 20. The weather was exceedingly severe, and I had twenty-five miles to ride, which almost benumbed both body and soul. But my mind was so exercised by the way, with various and heavy temptations, and such a deep sense of my demerit and unprofitableness, that I thought my suffering was much less than my desert. Satan frequently assaults me on every side, and with every species of temptations, Surely it is through great tribulation we must enter into the kingdom of God. The righteous have great cause to rejoice that a rest remaineth for them. Saturday, 22. The burden of my ardent desire was to be more assimilated to my spiritual head, and to be more abundantly devoted, both day and night, to the pure and uninterrupted service of my God. I would be thine, thou knowest I would, and have thee all my own, thee, O oh my all-sufficient good, I want, and thee alone. Lord's Day 23 After riding twenty miles to I.W.'s, I spoke from these words, How long halt ye between two opinions? Many of the people displayed by their looks the carelessness of their hearts. But a few from among them have been brought to Christ, and some more are coming. 
On Tuesday we had severe weather, with a cold and dirty house. But my soul was much blessed in my little sufferings. On Wednesday I was kindly entertained by old Mr. M. and his wife, though a troublesome little Irishman seemed much inclined to altercation. But, as Solomon says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So, by coolness and meekness, the ferocity of his temper was in a great degree subdued. I have had some doubts of late whether I am in my proper route to bring souls to God. However, the event must make it manifest. Friday, 28. My heart was unfettered and quite happy in God while publishing glad tidings to poor sinners at Mr. H.'s, from Acts 13, 38-39. I had appointed the next day to enter Annapolis, but a great snow prevented me. Meeting with Brother H., who was about to enter upon the circuit, we took some sweet counsel together relative to the work of God, and I gave him a plan which comprehended the greater part of the circuit, reserving for myself Annapolis and a few places adjacent. My soul is now kept in peace and love. Lord's Day, March 2 Though the weather was very cold, several members of the convention attended to hear the word at the Widow D's, and I afterward preached in the playhouse, now converted into a church. In the beginning of the ensuing week, I was requested to preach in the assembly room, but some of the members opposed it. So I returned to the playhouse, and found my ideas contracted while preaching to a deistical audience, from Romans 8, 7, 8. Lord, if thou hast called me to preach to these souls, grant me divine assistance. But how difficult it is to declare the plain truth to ungodly and sensual men in such a manner as not to be dismayed at their countenance. Our sufficiency is of God. Wednesday, 5. I had some hope for a poor, ignorant people at Broadneck, on the other side of the Severn. My clothes were wet through, in riding twenty miles the next day to Mr. P.'s, but I received no injury. Here I met with Mr. O. and William M., and my soul was blessed with delightful communion with God. Lord's Day, 9. Preached at Mr. W.'s, and on Monday my heart was inflamed with divine love, and the people were much melted, while I was discoursing at Mr. R.'s from Amos 5.6, though my soul had been bowed down by the weight of temptations. And, by the grace of God, I was ashamed before him, being base, unworthy, and contemptible in my own eyes. May the grace which thus abases me in due time exalt me, and bring me to glory. Tuesday, 11. I met with a dull congregation at Mr. G.'s, and went home with Mr. T., who appeared to be the only thoughtful man amongst them. I was much indisposed on Wednesday, and on my way to Annapolis stopped at Mr. M. R.'s, where a certain Mr. R. was taken sick. After I had conversed with him about his soul and the things of eternity, his conduct proved that God hath a witness for himself in every breast, for, awaking in the night, he uttered expressive groans, and called upon the name of the Lord. But alas, when men should attend to the voice of divine grace, which speaketh in silence, though frequently with great power, to every conscience, they shake off the disagreeable sensation, and plunge into business and sensual pleasures. And when death comes, they plunge into hell. 
thus it was with the rich man mentioned by our Lord in the parable. And thus it is with many every day. Unhappy creatures! How rich, how honorable, how easy, how happy once, avails them nothing there. There they must dwell in eternal poverty and nakedness, exposed to the beating storms of the divine displeasure. Then how much better is it to choose affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season? Thursday, 13. At WMC's, many were much wrought upon by the Spirit of God under the Word. A.W. especially was so deeply affected that she had scarce power to contain herself. I saw a fresh proof that the life of man is quite uncertain. A tobacco-house was blown down and killed a negro man. My heart was deeply engaged in prayer, especially for the inhabitants of Annapolis. My confidence in God was so great that I could trust Him with my body and soul, and all my little concerns. He makes me a partaker of His spiritual kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Friday, 14. My natural timidity depressed my mind at the thought of preaching in Annapolis, where many people openly deny the Holy Scriptures, as well as the power of inward religion. But the Lord inspired me with a degree of evangelical courage, and I felt a determination to adhere to the truth, and follow Jesus Christ, if it should be even to prison or to death. Saturday, 15. Preaching in a private house in Annapolis, I found my spirit at liberty in a good degree. May the God of Daniel stand by me, that I may never be ashamed to preach the pure gospel, or even afraid to suffer for it. Lord's Day, 16. After preaching at the Widow D's, I rode back to Mr. H's, and was not very agreeably entertained by a company of gay, worldly people. And as they must either imbibe something of my spirit, or I something of theirs, if we were long together, I thought it most expedient to depart in peace as soon as it was convenient, and was much assisted and comforted in preaching from Acts 17, 30, 31, but felt myself weary and unwell at the close of the day. Monday, 17. Preaching when the House of Assembly was adjourned, many of them came to hear for themselves. The Lord was with me, and I found my heart melted and expanded with love to the souls of the people. But by imprudently venturing out when warmed by preaching, I have brought on a sore throat. On Tuesday I went to get a sight of the poor prisoners, but could not obtain admittance. At Broad Creek on Wednesday there was a large company of wild and ignorant mortals, who, after preaching, were communicating their thoughts to each other. Some said they did not like the doctrine, Others said it was the truth, the very truth. Wednesday, 19. I wrote to Major R's, who treated me with great kindness, and seemed desirous of knowing the truth. But the spirit of the times has engrossed too much of his attention. Our Lord has told us that some, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Luke eight fourteen. No doubt but this description comprehends a vast multitude of mankind. They do not consider religion as the one thing needful. Thursday, 20. 
By the providence of God, my throat was no worse, but my mind was under some dejection. However, we had a powerful and profitable watch night at Mr. P.'s. And on Friday there were many attentive people at Mr. R.'s. Saturday, 22. As sure as we draw nigh to God in sincerity, he will draw nigh to us. I have given myself to private prayer seven times a day, and found my heart much drawn out in behalf of the preachers, the societies, especially the new places, and my aged parents. And while thus exercised, my soul has been both quickened and purified. Let the glory be given to God. But alas, after all, my heart is not so filled with generous gratitude as it should be. Eternal are thy mercies, Lord. Eternal truth attends thy word. Thy praise shall sound from shore to shore, till suns shall rise and set no more. Lord's Day 23 My mind was delightfully fixed on God. A few people who, in dullness and religious stupidity, exceeded all I had ever seen, came to hear me today. But would they sincerely seek after God, they should find the way to heaven. For the prophet saith, A fool shall not err therein. Thursday, 27. I have been variously exercised with the carelessness of the people, and the troubles of the times, though my soul has had intimate access to God. I received a letter from Brother S., intimating that, according to rule, the time was drawing near for us to return. But St. Paul's rule is that our spiritual children should be in our hearts, to live and die with them. 2 Corinthians 7, 3 Then, doubtless, we should be willing to suffer affliction with them. May the Lord give me wisdom sufficient to direct me in this and every intricate case. Lord's Day 30 The congregation was large at Mr. D's, and some of them felt the power of the word. Though, in the afternoon, at a schoolhouse near Annapolis, there was very little appearance of spiritual feeling. On Monday I was under some exercise of mind in respect to the times. My brethren are inclined to leave the continent, and I do not know but something may be propounded to me which would touch my conscience. But my determination is to trust in God, and be satisfied if the souls of my fellow men are saved. A genteel woman met me today, on the road to IH's, and asked me if I should not preach in town. But I had not the presence of mind to tell her I had no place there to preach in. Wednesday, April 2. Having received information that some of my brethren had determined on their departure, I wrote to Brother S. that as long as I could stay and preach without injuring my conscience, it appeared as my duty to abide with the flock. But I must confess Satan has harassed me, with violent and various temptations. However, my dependence is on the Lord, that he will always enable me to do what is right in the sight of God and man. I had about twenty-two miles to ride today, and to call by the way to preach. Though both hungry and weary, yet my soul was much blessed in dispensing the word. Thursday, 3. My soul had peace, and my body had rest but Satan was still at hand. We had a comfortable watch-night at Mr. P.'s. On Friday my heart was dissolved into tenderness while preaching at Mr. R.'s. Saturday, 5. 
Mr. M. gave me an awful account of a man struck instantly dead at Deer Creek. The very relation of his crime is enough to make a man shudder. He had been cursing the Holy Spirit. This is a striking proof that God is not an inattentive spectator of the actions of men, though most men live as if they thought he were. No, for God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes 12.14 Much temptation has urged me to much prayer, so that I have lately retired as often as ten or twelve times a day to call upon my God. When the tempter finds that his violent assaults only drive us nearer to God, perhaps he will not be so maliciously officious. Monday, 7. Satan seemed determined, if possible, to distract, if he could not destroy me. Even blasphemous thoughts have been darted into my imagination. But I know where my help is to be found. Let our imaginations be ever so horrid, and haunt us ever so frequently, provided we hate them, and constantly resist them. They are not imputed to us. But we may still rejoice in God in the midst of them all. It is enough for the servant to be as his Lord, who was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Glory to God, he hath promised that we shall not be tempted above that we are able, though sometimes it may be to the extent of our ability, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that we may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 I have now read Newton on the prophecies three times over. Tuesday, 8. There was a large company of wild-looking people at Mr. G.'s, on the fork of Patuxent River. And there was much such a congregation the next day at Mr. C.'s. Thursday, 10. My soul was much refreshed in speaking to the people at C.B.'s, and on Friday I met with Mr. H.N., and received a letter from Mr. R.N., in which, after he had given me an account of the circuits and societies, he assigned his reasons for not traveling much for about the space of two months past. Lord's Day 13 After preaching at Mr. D's, I found much freedom in preaching to a large company at Annapolis, and had an invitation to go into Worcester County. End of section 24. Recording by Brian Keenan.